This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hi. I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to our latest episode of Late Boomers. Today, we have a featured guest, Izzy House, who is an expert in space marketing and has a book with that same title, Space Marketing. And I'm Mary Elkins. And you may be asking, what is space marketing? Well, we're here to find out. Izzy has 20 plus years of experience in public affairs, outreach, and marketing and aims to empower space companies. Welcome, Izzy. Hello, how are you doing today? Great. Great. We're so happy to have you here. We are. So excited to be here. Good. We always like to ask our guests how they found themselves on their present career path. So what was your education and background? Well, it all started when I was 13 years old. Wow. My grandparents lived near Melbourne, Florida, which is the home of Cape Canaveral. On my 13th summer, I was able to go down to visit them and stay with them the entire summer without my little sister. (laughs) It was amazing. And of course, when a 13-year-old goes down to Florida, what do they expect to do? They expect to go to Disneyland. Nope. My grandparents had other things in mind. They took me to Kennedy Space Center. It, (laughs) It was amazing. It was a great experience. That summer, they introduced me to science fiction. They were space shuttle crazy. My granddad had a nugget of gold on his neck, that a pendant that was the space shuttle that the cargo bay doors would open and there was a diamond inside. Oh, he, he loved the space shuttle. They could watch it from their backyard. Mm. Well, I was very excited by the end of the summer and I got back to school. I was going to go into a field where I could be picked to colonize a planet. And at 13 years old, you can imagine the looks that I got when I would tell my friends that I wanted to colonize a planet. They looked at me like I was nuts. Wow. So I did not pursue that career at that time. Peer pressure got me. Instead, I went into marketing. I always loved learning why people do what they do. I grew up with an artistic family. It was just natural. I got married when I was 20 years old and we traveled all over. We ended up living in England for a while. And when we got back from there, then I decided to go to school. And I went to the Advertising Arts College in La Jolla, California. Loved it. I opened up a business in La Jolla and serviced about over through my career. I've probably worked with over 600 small businesses. 
organizations, helping them market and helping them basically grow their businesses, their family businesses. Mm -hmm. I love that. We ended up adopting a little boy out in California, and then 9-11 happened. We could not get home for the grandparents to meet their only grandchild. So we decided to throw a dart, and we ended up in Kentucky, which was right between both sets of grandparents. Aimed our car and ended up where we are. As my son was growing up, we got involved in something called Civil Air Patrol, Mm -hmm. which is for 12 to 18-year-olds. And all of a sudden, I found myself as a cadet commander teaching aerospace, which I was thrilled about because I still love space. The one thing led to another. He got close to graduating, and I thought, what's next for me? I had built my business. I had kept a few clients through his high school years because high school was kind of tough for him. And I still worked with some, but really didn't like pound the pavement for business like I would normally do in the businesses that I've had. So I went back to school when he graduated and I got my bachelor's and I got my master's and I was top in my class. So I call it my chapter three of life, which I think you guys call it act three. Yeah. Yes. We love that. Yeah. So I was, I wanted to fine tune what I was going to get into. And I kept quite asking the question, what would give me juice every morning and every morning when I woke up, what, what would be that thing that just was exciting every moment? And uh, my husband went to a conference down in Florida and I came along as, you know, his baggage, quote unquote. (laughs) Uh, While he was at the conference, I went to Kennedy Space Center and I am standing there and we're towards the end of my bachelor's at this point. And I'm standing there and tears were just streaming down my face as I was at the Atlantis exhibit, which I don't know if you've had a chance to go to the space shuttle Atlantis exhibit. Oh my goodness. That is, it was powerful. And I just was just standing there just in awe. And then the thought occurred to me, I could combine both my loves, space and marketing. And from that point on, I got back to school just like when I was 13, except this time I didn't let those, what are you crazy (laughs) looks determine what I was going to do next. I just charged forward and, and I, here I am. And you're still looking forward to every day. Every day it is so awesome. When I go out, Jupiter and Saturn are very visible and Venus are very visible in the night sky right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I've been looking and, at them. I have a little app on my phone that shows me where the planets are when you point it, you know, and I can, uh, uh, it's called something else. I can't oh. remember. Okay, well, Skyview well, is another app that oh, is... Oh, Skyview. Yeah, I think that's on my husband's phone. But I've got another one. I don't know. It's great. It shows the planets, and I've been watching them because I have a whole southern exposure outside my house, which is kind of what you need to see all that. But we don't see the stars very much in Los Angeles. 
Well, I lived in San Diego for a while, and I would say that the buildings were my my stars. <laughs> yeah, but we do see the planets. The planets yeah. are quite clear right now. Yeah. And, yeah, and I was going to ask you about that Civil Air Patrol. I wondered what that was. So I'm really happy you talked about that with your son. Yes, it's actually an auxiliary of the Air Force. It's a volunteer arm of the Air Force, and they do search and rescue. They have airplanes that they use for search and rescue, but when they're not being used for that, they fly cadets. They teach, mm. they teach kids 12 to 18 years old how, well, they don't teach them to, actually, they do teach them to fly. That's a new program they just started where you can get your solo. So some of these kids, there was there's one kid that is near me that she is a licensed balloon pilot. Really? He was able to get through Civil Air Patrol. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, exciting. What twenty five dollars a year, thirty dollars a year, something like that. It's it's very affordable for most kids. Most of those kids must look to you as a, a mentor. But what about you? Do you have mentors? Were your grandparents your mentor, or other mentors in your life? I wish, looking back, that I had talked to my grandparents about my career aspirations. They would have completely supported me in that. Instead, I just told my friends. And then when they like looked at me funny, I was like, well, maybe this shouldn't be a thing. So I really wish I had gone forward in my, my career back then, uh, where what I would have seen throughout the last 25 years, 30 years. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing it now belatedly yeah. from a different lens. It's interesting, but I want you to explain to everyone, what is space marketing? Well, it's a book that is for people, companies that are focused on space. Marketing is a challenge for all of us. I, I know that you guys experienced that. I've experienced it. I worked with companies to get to where they were understanding it. And it has gotten more complicated over the years with the invent of the internet totally changed everything. Uh, social media, the iPhone totally changed everything again. COVID has impacted it. And where you know, 25 years ago, you would have bought a newspaper ad and a commercial. Well, that just isn't something you do now. Nobody will see it. The newspapers are all closing down. The ones that are still up and running have segued into being online or they've pared their pages down to maybe a dozen pages. Mm -hmm. So that isn't really an option if you really want to get your news out. And it's just, a, a there's a lot more to do to, to understand marketing. The space companies in particular haven't had to market as much because they've only had one customer that was NASA, get those NASA grants. Maybe there's a few investors involved that they had to kind of woo, but at, overall they haven't really had to sell the public. NASA pretty much did that for everybody in the industry. But NASA's position is changing. They are becoming more of the customer instead of the main entity that runs space. 70 countries, over 70 countries at this point have started space agencies. So they're now one of 70. 
where they were the big dog, now their position is a lot more competition in that. And it's just with commercial space getting involved, then they is not as important what the funding is for the US government. It's not as important whether or not they get that NASA grant. Granted, it is important still, but over the next couple of years, NASA's position is going to be changing. Hmm. And a lot of these very brilliant people have never had to deal with this particular situation. When I first started my business back in San Diego, I was part of an incubator that was for environmental technologies. In this incubator, I saw geniuses that had world-changing, life-changing inventions that never made it out of the incubator because they just didn't know how to market themselves. They didn't know how to get in front of the right eyes, in front of the right ears, in front of the right people to make it happen. And there were several reasons why. They, they assumed that because they had such a fantastic solution, the cure for cancer in the environmental world, that the world would just flock to them and they would be able to save it. But they're somewhere on a shelf gathering dust now. It's a shame. Mm -hmm. That it is, is a shame. That's very sad. It <laughs> is. But why, well, why do you feel that we should all care about space? What an awesome question. This is what my next book is going to be about. There are so many things that we do not realize impact our daily lives that come from space. For example, if you're a diabetic and you take your blood sugar, that strip was to check the astronauts on the ISS, the International Space Station, because being in space affects your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. So that technology came down to here, impact us. Our cell phones are just riddled with space. I mean, from the communication satellites to the camera was first designed to be on the Apollo program because they had to have a lightweight, small camera. Our food storage, you know, our canned goods, our, our sealed, our, our safe food came from the Apollo program. It's where we sleep, microwaves, you know, bedding, all that stuff comes from, comes from space. And because NASA has a spinoff program that because they're a government entity, if they have a technology that's discovered, businesses can use it here on the earth. It's an amazing program. And then there's new scientific stuff that, oh, I'm so excited about. They are 3D printing human hearts on the ISS right now. They can't do that on earth because it's like printing with water. The cells are so fragile, but in space, they can do it. Can you imagine what that's going to do for organ transplants? And yeah. So they, where are they doing that on the on the um the when they're in orbit yeah on the space station tech shot is who's working on that right now uh space tango is working on developing with a company developing retina technology where people will be able to see and they are also working on pharmaceuticals that are manufactured in space 
when you have gravity as a mixing, you know, part of your formula, it, it mixes differently with the chemicals. When there's no gravity, they mix, there's a, a certain formulae, formula that they do. So they're going to be manufacturing these in space and bringing them down here. So that's and then when you bring them back into gravity, they'll stay mixed properly? Or do they even know that yet? That is all part of the research that is going on right now. And wow. then fiber optics, they are making fiber optics in space because it's cleaner fiber optics. Hmm. The crystallization does different, you know, is, it formulates different. So each one of those things are going to impact us. And one of the biggest things for going to Mars that's going to impact us down here is last time I checked, there was no dinosaurs on Mars. There was no <laughs> dinosaurs on the moon. So we're having to use what's there. And that's mostly water. So we're going to be learning how to make jet fuel out of water, hydrogen. Well, what's that going to do for our cars? Yeah. And factories down here. Mm -hmm. so yeah. We might finally get away from fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. Knock on wood. Well, this is one of the best answers I've ever heard about why we should care about space. Yeah. Because most I, people say it's so we can get off the planet, so we can go somewhere else. You know, they okay. don't. They, it, it's much more vague than that. But what you gave us is all concrete reasons that we already have things from space. I so agree. And I have to tell you that I had, as a, I'm a writer, and a long time ago, I did a story on space and what was invented because of space. And another thing besides the diabetic implant that you mentioned were the special glasses that the basketball players wear. Ah, I'll have to make a note of that. Oh, you didn't. I would <laughs> you think mean that you that. would. <laughs> so you mean the goggles? The goggles? Yeah, the special goggles. They ah. were invented in space. Yeah. The next book that I'm writing is called Our Connection to Space. And it is going to go through all the different medical advances. It's not getting to the moon. It's not getting to Mars. It's our, the process in reaching for it that is going to change our lives. Mm, that is, I love wonderful. that answer. And it's so impressive. What will the challenges for space companies be in regard to marketing? What well, learning how to do it. And this particular book walks them through all the marketing stages. It goes through the challenges of marketing. It goes through what is your branding? How do you brand? How do you develop an audience? What kind of audiences should you consider? Then we talk about logo generation and what should you consider when you're doing a logo, when you're building content, what kind of content is out there and what are the considerations for that content? Mm -hmm. And then I go into marketing strategies and tactics and some different ones. Throughout the whole book, I have a company that's fictitious. It's called Rockets Are Us. Very creative <laughs> name. I like that. I love it. And I apply the different strategies or the different examples to that company so you can see how it would affect them if it was you. So you're able to see it used, not just tell you about it, but how it's used. And then um, I have some real examples of Virgin Galactic, SpaceX, 
so that you can see how they used marketing and how they were successful at it. And then I, I closed the book with hiring a team. This isn't something that you just put on as a side job to the sales guy in, or woman. This is something you go for as a discipline. You, you look at like engineering. It is a trained professional has gone through psychology, has gone through research. They have developed this discipline just as much as an engineer. And I talk about the different positions for a small team. And you can, you can fiddle with that team as you grow. Like a lot of them don't have any marketing team whatsoever right now. So if they add one person, this is what you'll look at. If you, as you grow your team, these are the type of skills and things that you want to add. And this is what you look for in those people. I That's think you uh, just answered the question I was about to ask, which is what type of marketing strategies are successful for space companies. Um, could you give us an example? I would love to. SpaceX has been a great example to watch. When they first did their test launch of their rocket, they, they launched it up into the air. The only thing they were required to do is send a cinder block out. But Elon Musk did not. He sent a little Tesla roaster out with a mannequin called Starman. Oh. And Starman the, in the Tesla had the top down and he was giving thumbs up. He is <laughs> in an orbit right now that flies past Mars. So you can actually watch him go even after the launch is long gone out of history, out of people's minds. He, Starman is still cruising around the orbit in earth and there's a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy there's little easter eggs that are in this car that people that are fans appreciate so he knew his audience mm -hmm. can we see that on the internet yes there is a a link for starman and i can't remember what it is but there is there is a link that you can look to see where he is right now yeah, I love those little fun Easter eggs because I'm a Tesla person and a Musk fan. And, you know, all the Tesla models have Easter eggs. Yes. And so it's really very fun. And he does know his audience because people that love Teslas love all that stuff. We got to yeah. have, you know, games and karaoke and all these things he puts in the cars. And, and I talk about that. I really stress that you got to know your audience whether or not it's legislatures, legislators, whether or not it's the public, which, you know, nobody has everyone as their audience. And, but you, you do need to know who it is that is your audience. And I walk you through the steps of that. Yeah. So if, if you weren't Musk and you didn't have the Tesla audience, there must be other types of marketing strategies that, that you have to look for and find, right? Yes. You have to understand your audience and you have to love them. You have to appreciate them and respect them. And when you create a product, it should be something they need, not just something you want to do. This, is, this isn't a one-way conversation anymore. This is a two-way conversation. Your audience can talk back and they can completely ignore you. Mm -hmm. the, the choice is up to them. But this is really stressing that relationship 
that conversation because content is conversation. When you are wanting to buy a refrigerator or a car, do you go to the dealer first? No. no. You start your research online. Right. You start it with, com- with content, with articles, with research. That is the beginning of the conversation that you don't even know you're having with your audience. Mm-hmm. So you have to really pay attention to who they are. What are their needs? What are their questions? What are they looking for? And how can you delight them? Virgin Galactic has been very successful in delighting their customers. They sold tickets for a flight that didn't exist, still to this day has not existed for over 15 years. These people have held on to their tickets. Anywhere else, they would be angry. But instead of just being ticket holders, they became part of a VIP club. And they have these special events from having fireside chats with Richard Branson to very big eclipse events that only they get to go to, you know, little mementos, you know, cufflinks that are just special to them because they're VIPs. Have you ever gone to any one of these? No, no, I have not, you know. Just get to hear about them. Yeah. Those are, those are perfect. And I, I get why that works with that audience. That's really nice. And what new technologies will impact the future of marketing, do you think? Virtual reality and augmented reality. When uh, we started talking tonight, we were talking about a star app that you can point it up at the sky and you can see what planet you're looking at. That is virtual reality because you can see the planet, you can see the sky, you can see the technology overlaid. So virtual reality is here. We already have it on our phones. If we go to Ikea, we can download a picture and see what it looks like in our living room. If we have a picture of our living room, we can measure our room. There's a little ruler on most iPhones that you can measure your room. It knows how big it is. So augmented reality is going to be huge. When we get 5G technology and it's more common, we're going to see augmented reality in eyewear. And all of a sudden, our little world that's on this screen will explode on our walls. Mm-hmm. How cool will that be that we're not limited to a, a tiny screen that we can put our stuff over on this wall or have it over on this wall and virtual reality or augmented reality is going to be very big virtual reality i think i'm really surprised that it didn't hasn't exploded because of covid i think the technology is just not caught up to the desire but when you can blast off with the astronauts and then nasa actually has virtual reality already on the ISS, they have one where you can be in the, the ISS and you can see around, you can look around and be immersed in the ISS. And, uh, but when you can share those experiences completely like that, that's huge. It is yeah. huge. It's, it's mind boggling, actually. 
Um, you, you mentioned, actually, you touched on this a bit as far as what you've seen and in how marketing has changed since the, you began your career. And you also touched on COVID impacting marketing. Can you give a few more examples of that? Of COVID change, well, we're we're an example right now. We're having a conversation, and it's not impacted about where we're from. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, we should tell our listeners we're looking at each other on Zoom because they're only going to hear the audio. But okay. this enables us to have facial re- recognition and reactions and and laughter and everything else because we're actually seeing you. Yes. Yeah. And so. and we're we're in California and you're in Kentucky, right? Yes, Kentucky. That's where the dart landed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it has been a good place to raise our son. It really was. But you know, I really love San Diego too. Mm, maybe you'll come back. Maybe I'll come back. LA has really gotten to be a hotbed of of tech of stuff for space you've got elon there of course mm-hmm. with SpaceX, right but you also have a george lucas museum yes up uh, is it in la or is it up north in san francisco i'm not sure because he lives up north in san francisco I yeah think- he's got a lot of land up there it's probably up there well i don't i don't know but there's a brand yeah, new academy don't. museum in los angeles that has all the star wars you know what it may be at the new academy museum which just opened i think it is because part of the architecture is called the death star the outside of the architecture and stuff from star wars and stuff so that's that's pretty cool and i wanted to ask to come and see it yes well i'm going to be the plan is unless something happens with covid but the plan is that there is a a um, conference in April in LA that I will be coming to. It is the um, Space Tourism's Space Tourism Society Conference, April 28th, and I'm going to be a speaker there. Oh, wonderful. And we should say that's April 28th, 2022. Yes. Because wow. people might listen to this at all different times and that's stuff. That's right. So I'm saying that. And then what recommendations do you have that you give businesses who don't understand marketing and how to proceed, probably to hire you, right? (laughs) Are there other recommendations you give to people? Yes, talk to your audience, ask them questions, get to know them. When you talk to your audience, talk to people that are your customers, ask them about their experience. How can you change? How can you help? Also talk to potential customers. But in addition, talk to the customers that chose somebody else because their nuggets are going to be gold. If you find out where the friction is in their experience with your company, you're going to be able to fix it. So get out there and and talk to your audience. A lot of businesses, and I understand this, it's very hard to ask those questions of your audience because you might not like the answer. Uh A lot of entrepreneurs have put their blood, sweat, tears, and all their money into their baby. And just to be told your baby is not what the audience wanted is really hard to hear. So you need to, because there will be some things that come out of those conversations 
that are opportunities that you never thought of that Mm -hmm. are solutions that could start a whole new product that people connect with. So talk to them and listen. And that's not so easy to do. No, it's not. You have to find them. Sometimes some companies are not sure who their customers necessarily are, especially if they don't have a built-in thing in their website that creates review writing. You need people to write reviews, right? Well, and it may not be who they think it is. Yeah. You know, it may not be people like themselves, which that's all they really have to go on is, is people like them. They're creating this particular widget based off of something that they see, but maybe their audience has a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. That's true of all marketing in every area, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. So please tell us about your book, Space Marketing, and also talk about the writing process and um, please tell our audience when it launches. It, it will launch in October, October 1st, which of 2021. Is 2021, the ebook is already out for Amazon. Oh, the audible will be coming shortly after I am in processing of record. I'm in process of recording that right now and almost done. Are you doing it yourself? I believe when I t- listen to people, I love audible. And when I listen to authors speak, it's almost like I get to know them. So mm-hmm. I had every reason because I'm a little bit, I'm an extroverted introvert. I've <laughs> learned how to be extroverted, but I'm truly an introvert in my heart. <laughs> and I've learned how to get over that. It, it's a, it's a relationship. When I listen to an author, even if they're not that great of a recording, I learn who they are. It's like, I got to know them. So I, want to do that with my audience. I want them to get to know me. Oh, good thinking. I love, I love that concept. I do too. And, and they're getting to know you right here as well. But talk about your book a little more. Yeah. Well, when I, before I started writing my book, I was thinking about, okay, COVID happened and totally whacked out all my expectations of what I was going to be doing. And what I was trying to do, I started thinking, okay, I I really need to put my energies towards something and maybe a PhD. Let's Mm -hmm. do space marketing as a PhD. Well, you can imagine that was, I will have it one day, by the way, but I did a big proposal and, and I was very excited about all the learning that I would do. I love to learn. And, um, when I presented it to the particular school that I wanted to go to, they're like, we don't, we don't have that. And they basically told me no. And that was the best no I've ever had in my life because I looked at that proposal. I'm like, this could be a book. Mm. (laughs) And I started writing it. That's really great to know when it's a good no that was given to you. Universe said, go somewhere else and do something else with it. And you didn't, and you didn't throw out the baby with the bathwater. You just said, I've got the good material, right? Exactly. And I have the desire to learn more and to dig into it. And that's exactly what I was able to do by writing the book. And Mm -hmm. I found out I really like writing. 
Oh, we were going to ask you, talk a, a little bit more about your process when you're writing. How do you structure your time or do you do page, uh, page count or how do you, how do you work? I, I built the framework first. Okay, what do I want to talk about? And then I started filling it in. And I would work on the weekends because I, ha I have a regular job that in public affairs with the transportation cabinet. One of the things that I get to work on is the Department of Aviation. I work with them through the public affairs department with the transportation cabinet. And, and I love what I do. But it is my job during the day. So I would have to do this at night and on the weekends. And every moment that I could get into the zone, because it's not something you can just flip into, you have right. to really warm up to it, especially if this is not something you're used to doing. When I was in my career, a lot of what I did revolved around graphics, you know, creating the branding and the graphics and, and headlines and some body copy that really kind of spoke to whatever I, I was working on, but doing papers and, and long form writing was not something that I did until I went to school. I went back to school with my bachelor's and writing was a huge part of both of the degree programs. And I learned that, hey, this might be a thing for me. And chapter three, gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love it. And so I really, it took me about a year to, to write this book and I enjoyed every second of it. That is fabulous. I love I'm that. Looking forward to reading it. I'm looking for you forward to you reading it as well. And I'm. Or I think it would be more fun to do it on Audible, Mary. Now that we've met her and hear her her read it. Well, I'd love to do that. That'd too. be fun. My, and and Izzy, my husband Ken Cragen, is a space and astronomy fan, and he recently acquired a beautiful hardcover book called Marketing the Moon, the Selling of the Apollo Lunar Program by a pair of marketing strategists who say that when Neil Armstrong took the giant leap for mankind, it was a triumph not just for American engineering and rocketry, but for American marketing and public relations. Would you agree and was the Apollo Lunar Program the start of the importance of space marketing? I would say absolutely. Now, we call it something different. We don't call it marketing because mm -hmm. marketing sounds like sales. And we don't like to be sold to, especially when we're picking a career that we're going to dedicate our lives to. So it's called public relations. It's called education. It's called awareness. It's called a lot of other things that don't sound so salesy than marketing, but they're all facets of marketing. And that particular book, I also own mm -hmm. the author, David Meerman Scott, wrote the foreword to my book. <laughs> Uh, that is so exciting. Yeah. Because the book is spectacular. It's got so much history. And that was one of the first books. I had a lot of other books that he has written. He's a bestseller list uh, for marketing books. And when I got back that summer from visiting the Atlantis, I started doing research in, in marketing and space. His book came up and it really transformed my 
point of view as marketing space. So he is he is kind of he- a hero to me and a mentor. And I was beside myself. I over the moon <laughs> when he said <laughs> yes, that he would write the forward. I know, but when we think of marketing now, if you have a movie and you have product placement in the movie, people pay to have their can of soup right in the front of the kitchen in the movie in the kitchen scene. The the Apollo program had a lot of marketing. It had Tang. It had the Hasselblad camera being the one used on the moon for the photography. And all these things were known items so that people could go out and acquire the same camera that the astronauts used. So wasn't that the beginning of, of that kind of stuff too? Well, yes, they were extremely clever. They were a very small team, the NASA public relations team was a very small team and they worked with all of these businesses and those businesses did the work. It was very clever. And they just basically monitored and allowed certain companies to do certain things. It's funny, freeze-dried ice cream, Mm -hmm. which you think of as an astronaut food, there is no evidence that it ever went to space. It was purely a marketing product. The crumbs would create havoc in in zero gravity and uh mm-hmm. but it was in like tang i don't think tang there's uh, evidence it went to space but we thought of it oh, i thought there were pictures of them having it in the capsule but maybe i could or not in the cap maybe because those are capsules those were little but I, mean, I, I think they, they are maybe thought it was healthy in those days <laughs> it was it was extremely clever the companies that they partnered with they're the ones that put out a lot of the documentation there were certain guidelines that they could not have the nasa astronauts in the ads but they could allude to it the life magazine they were the ones that had the exclusive on the astronauts particular Mm -hmm. lives and we got to know them you know they wrote stories about their lives their joys their their challenges and we got to know them and the recent thing that we've had happen lately the inspiration for flight with the four people on it that were just regular people we got to know them too netflix they had the a similar particular program where we got to see their lives we got to see their joys we got to see their challenges and that is we went to space with them Mm -hmm. That was one of the biggest differences between the Blue Origin flight and the Inspiration flight, Inspiration 4 flight, is that Blue Origin, we watched it. We weren't a part of it. Where Inspiration 4, it was us. We were going to space. And uh, people that were just like us went to space. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing moment. Yeah, and think of how many more people will go very soon. Yes, yes. Apparently, we have uh, Captain Kirk getting ready to go up. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, (laughs) well, on on that note, uh, do you think the new space programs are aimed at putting more people on the moon to live and to be able to launch from there to go to Mars or other missions? I'm sure Elon Musk is very much going to make that happen. He is 
he's obsessed with that. It's not a marketing tactic. It's not something that he's just doing it to get product, you know, a profit. He's doing that because he really honestly believes that we need to be a, a spacefaring nation. Well, do you have an opinion on which companies are ahead in the space race? And can you comment on the space launches by Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Richard Branson? You have a little bit already, but tell us what you think a little bit more. Like, what, what are your opinions? I respect uh, Virgin Galactic very much. I think they've done a wonderful job at including other partners into their marketing. And they've done a wonderful job of delighting their, their customer. They did have a misstep on this last launch where they, they were too, too polished. They were too much into marketing and I, I, they didn't bring us with them. We got to watch it. Where inspiration for the particular uh, Cyan and, and Haley and Chris, they were all selected. They're just regular people. Chris was selected because he donated to, to St. Jude's Children's Hospital, which was a wonderful way to incorporate a cause into their flight. And Haley, she worked there and she was a childhood survivor of cancer just a regular person with their challenges. And um, Dr. Proctor, she is amazing as well. She's an artist and a poet, and she has really worked hard to try to get to space throughout her life. She does, has done a lot of training for astronaut, to be an astronaut, and she was- uh, and that's, so, that's the one they would never let her go because she was female, right? I'm not- there, Wasn't she little, in the astronaut program straight through well, and they never let, let her go? Well, she's the fourth black female to actually go to space. Oh, okay. she's the fourth. Okay. The Interesting. Fourth. In inspiration for. So mm -hmm. they all had to have good stories. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that we got to know them. It is a big contrast, but you can tell that. I believe Jared is the one that in, inspired most of the marketing that was around this particular flight. And um, you can tell he has really studied how the Apollo program was successful and Elon Musk has as well. And they're instituting a lot of the same strategies, even though the technology is very different, uh -huh. people still relate the same. But it was also so exciting because the public got to watch and, like you say, be in the in the capsule with them, which is once in a while you get to see the astronauts going to space. But when you get real people and you think, oh, my goodness, I, it could be me. It could be me. Yes. The whole time inspiration is for is happening that you're looking at these people going, I could know them. They could be my neighbors. And like with Chris, it could have been me. He put in a donation during a Super Bowl ad. I mean, it could have been any of us. Mm -hmm. So true. Well, Izzy, this has been so exciting. And I can't wait to till your book comes out. And I'm going to get it now on Audible and 
possibly an ebook. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Our guest has been Izzy House, space marketing expert and author of the book Space Marketing. You can visit her website, izzy.house, and learn more about everything we've discussed. And she is on Instagram as Space Marketing Izzy and Izzy G House. Thank you again, Izzy, for enlightening us on this really, really interesting career. Well, it's been a pleasure and it's been wonderful meeting both of you as well. Thank you. And we want to invite our listeners to visit our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and let us know what you are enjoying about our podcasts. Also, please follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and on our Late Boomers Instagram. We hope to serve, inspire, and entertain you. Thanks again so much, Izzy. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.